as an assuming or rather accepting the curse of Urvashi that for one year he would become an eunuch and so he decided to become the music and dance teacher in the court of Birat or not in the court, in the inner mahal, under mahal, inner chamber of Birat's uh, <coughs> kingdom, Birat's palace and uh, Nokul decided to become a keeper of the king's horses uh, who was very expert in training horses and taking care of the horses uh, and he assumed the name Granthik and Shahadev wanted to take care of the king's cows assuming, assuming the name Tantrapal and Draupadi would become a female servant expert in hairdressing and other such feminine arts assuming the name Sairindri and who would be engaged in the service of Virat's queen, Sudeshna. And so now they have to go incognito in such a way that no one could recognize them. And if anybody could recognize them, then the condition would repeat, which would mean another 12 years of exile in the forest and one year of incognito. So Yudhishthir Maharaj asked Dhoma to, to take everyone to Panchal kingdom and that is the kingdom of Virat and uh, I'm sorry, the kingdom of Drupad and remain there during the next year because many brahmanas were accompanying them, so he requested that the brahmanas for one year go to the kingdom of Drupad. And that is the kingdom of Drupadi's father. And he asked his charioteer, Indrasen, to take the chariots to Dwarka and remain under the care of the Jatus. So then they came, like then they <coughs> separated, bade farewell to the brahmanas and even their servants and maid servants. They were accompanied by 14 servants along with their wives. So they sent them back to Panchal kingdom and they came to the vicinity of Virat's capital and in the in there they uh, selected a suitable place next to a crematorium and in that crematorium there is a next to the crematorium there is a big swami tree 
huge shomitri and in that shomitri they tied up the they took the kept their weapon uh, tied up together high up on the tree and they also uh, found the dead body of a woman and they hung the dead body on that tree so that the stench of the body will keep people away from there some cowherd folks while they were tending the cows they saw them there and they asked what was happening they said that their ritual is to hang a dead body <laughs> on a tree and their grandmother died so they came to <laughs> <clears throat> then one after another they approached maharaj virat virat saw yudhishthir and he started to wonder when he saw him he started to wonder is this a human being or a gandharva or a or a demigod because he looked so handsome so noble and so he asked him what he could do and he said he Yudhishthira Maharaj introduced himself as an associate of Yudhishthira Maharaj by the name Kanka and he is very expert in dice game playing dice and then they had a little discussion also how Yudhishthira Maharaj was terrible in playing dice <laughs> <laughs> and still he was so fond of playing dice that he staked everything and lost everything and then they started to also curse shakuni that he was such a cheater because dice game often is not a matter of dice is played not with skill generally the understanding is it's not a game that is played with skill it's a game of destiny like gambling you can when it is gambling is adjusted then it's cheating so <clears throat> so that is how Yudhishthira Maharaj introduced himself as Kanka. The similarly Bhima, again, he was very surprised when Bhima came. Maharaj Virat was very surprised because he saw that such a powerful person, and he said that you don't look like a Brahmana. <laughs> Bhima introduced himself that he is a cook, and when he cooks. he also eats you know he is not only an expert voracious eater he is also an expert cook and he offered his service to king virat then in this way arjun came and presented himself as an expert dance and music teacher who actually learned from the gandharvas which was true he learned from chitrasen the head of the gandharvas 
and in this way they all came Draupadi's coming was very painful like she was like a single woman wandering around and Shudishna saw her from the palace balcony and she sent her maid servant to find out who she was and in this way by Krishna's arrangement she was brought to Sudeshna and <coughs> Sarindri introduced herself that she used to do the hairdressing of Draupadi when they were the king, when they were in there. And so in this way she started to describe the quality of Draupadi and what a wonderful time they used to have together. Mm -hmm. So Sudeshna was very happy to have uh, such a person. But Swedendri made a condition that she would not take anyone's remnants. And she will not serve anybody's feet. And so anyway, all seven, all four, all five of them uh, got a place, all six of them rather, got a place in King Virata's kingdom. And they started to decide. Virata was also very happy to have them. And they noticed one thing, Virata, from that time onwards, that he, his kingdom started to see unusual prosperity. That is one thing Bhishma told when at the end of the year, uh, when just a few days were left and Durjadhan was extremely disappointed that in one year they could recognize, his spies could recognize Pandavas, find the Pandavas. And <clears throat> he started to curse them, started to abuse them for being useless, incompetent. All they do is just waste his time. And at that time Bhishma told that, look, to find the Pandavas would be, would be difficult. Go to the place where there is prosperity. Wherever you see unusual prosperity, you can rest assured that the Pandavas So, <clears throat> and that is exactly what happened in Virat's kingdom. Uh, unusual prosperity started to manifest. And, of course, Virat uh, couldn't con suspect that it was because of Pandava's presence. <laughs> but he started to feel that these people have brought him some good omen. And... So, <clears throat> Virat, on the fourth month, after the fourth month, uh, four months went by, on, on the fourth month rather, there's a big festival to celebrate uh, in honor of uh, Lord Brahma. And a huge festival was organized and many wrestlers came different places and one of the thing was the wrestling bout because uh, they are also kind of Kshatriyas, they like to display, the wrestlers like to display their prowess and they want to get the recognition that way. 
So there was one wrestler who came from some other country and who was, who was completely in, in, uh, undefeatable, invincible. And <clears throat> so he was, he, he was like a giant and he was defeating all the other wrestlers. And so Virat was a little disappointed. He said that, and then he challenged, is there anyone who would like to match me, who would like to wrestle with me, Jimothar And by the time everyone was trembling with fear of Jimothar. So, <clears throat> at that time Virat told Ballav, Ballav, it's a matter of our reputation, our kingdom's reputation. Somebody came from other country and defeating all the wrestlers and now he is challenging and if nobody can face him, that it'll, then it will be a big disgrace. So, Bhima said, fine. Actually, he pushed Bhima. He said, please, you go and save the reputation of the kingdom. <coughs> so, Bhima went and Bhima fought. Actually, they were both, both of them were very expert wrestlers and they fought and fought for a long time. And then finally, uh, when Bhima saw that Jimuto was losing his stamina. So in his usual way, he picked him up and made him swing overhead. And when he became unconscious, he smashed him on the ground and killed him. So now Bhim got into a kind of a frenzy and he started to challenge few wrestlers did come forward, but they lost their lives. And <clears throat> everything, everyone was so excited that Bhim, Bhima just kept on challenging that anyone to fight with me. And finally, when no wrestlers were there, Bhima started to fight with lions and elephants. <laughs> 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 this is how uh, Bhima <coughs> displayed his prowess and so in this way yeah. ten months went by so on the tenth month after ten months one day Virat's uh, Virat's brother-in-law come general of his army Kichak came to his sister's palace and there he saw Draupadi. And he asked his sister, who is this lady? Who is this? Then he said, lady, who is this woman? And then Draupadi, I mean, Sudeshna gave Draupadi's identity. Virat said, look, I want this woman. And then he approached and approached Draupadi and started to speak, asking her to become his lover. Draupadi said, 
Well, look, I'm already married. So, please don't approach me like this. Because it is sinful for a person to approach a married woman and propose in such a shameless way. Then, you know, finally, Kichak uh, threatened her that if she did not surrender to him, then she'll be in trouble. At that point, Draupadi also said, look, be careful because I am guarded by my five Gandharva husbands. <laughs> and if you play funny with me, they'll come and kill you. <clears throat> so, so finally Kichak requested his sister to make some arrangements so that that Sainendri would become his lover. So, Sudeshna said, okay, fine, we'll make some, we'll try to make some arrangements like that. And then one day, Sudeshna told Sainendri, Draupadi, to go and bring some wine from her brother's palace. And Sainendri said, look, is, I mean, the way he approached me the other day, it is not very, it's not going to be proper for me to go. You have seen how he was behaving, so please don't ask me to go there. But Sudeshna kept on insisting, no, no, you go, everything will be all right, nobody, he won't do anything to you, he won't dare to do anything to you, and so forth. So finally, Shairendri had to go. So she was forced to go. And when she went there, he uh, told her that she should just stay there. She said, look, I have come here to fetch some wine for your sister, some special wine for your sister. And <clears throat> But Kichak kept on saying, don't worry, she will not worry. I'll some other servant will take the wine to her. You stay with me. And saying that, saying that he approached her. And when he approached her, Sairendri pushed him so hard that although he was a Kshatriya warrior, he was the general of the army, a person who could actually fight with elephants, he fell on the ground. <laughs> and Draupadi ran away from there. And he chased her. Draupadi came straight to the king's assembly where the ministers and along with Yudhishthir and Bhima were present. And but Kichak also came behind her and he got her, grabbed her by the hair while Shredindri was appealing to the king. And she grabbed her and made her fall on the ground and she, he kicked her. So, and uh, <clears throat> Birat used to depend upon Kichok because he was his general and the, his whole army was under his command and he was depending upon his protection. So that's why Kichok could behave in such a desperate way in such an arrogant way, even in front of the king. And the king could, did not really give the support to Sairindri. And she became furious. 
and started to accuse the king. Like when in front of him and a helpless woman is being being insulted, the king who is supposed to be the the upholder of religious principles, he is just sitting there without taking any action. Virat's response to that was that we I don't actually know what happened between two of you. So without really knowing what happened, I cannot make a decision, I can't give my judgment. And indirectly, Draupadi also kept on insulting her husbands, Yudhishthira Maharaj and Bhima, that in their presence, a woman was, he didn't, this is the test that they had to go through. Like Bhima was ready to, but Yudhishthira Maharaj just controlled him, said, look, don't get angry because our identity will become revealed. Just tolerate it. So in this way, upon being insulted, <coughs> Draupadi went to, one night, went to Bhima, woke him up and started to cry. Bhima was always very sympathetic to Draupadi. He said, look, don't worry, I'm already thinking of taking care of this character. So, uh, we, I'll do something about it, don't worry. And then they uh, sat down and decided what to do. Bhima said that you go to him and uh, submit to his uh, desire. Tell him that you will meet him at night, on such and such night, in a in the newly built dance hall. And <clears throat> when he would come, I would take care of him. <laughs> so <clears throat> so Sidenri then uh, met with Kichak. And she made an appointment, and it was arranged that they would meet in a newly built dance hall. And so that night, dressed up nicely, uh, Kicha came to the dance hall. And he saw that someone was lying there. So he thought that that was Draupadi. <laughs> and he approached her there. But uh, actually it was Bhima. <laughs> and they, Bhima just attacked him. He was completely unprepared for that. <laughs> and so <clears throat> they were just, they started to fight. And Bhima, all his, like when Bhima used to get angry, all his pent-up anger used to come out. Like that's how, when he would fight with anybody, he would become absolutely ferocious, absolutely uncontrollable. Like because this, the grievances, that ang the anguish, the frustration and disappointment that has been painting up, uh, 
due to all these years of insults is to just come out. He was not only powerful, but that power was incensed with this inherent anger from inside. So Bhima started to, he killed him, but even after killing him, he started to beat him so in such a way that it was, even his bones were smashed to pieces. It was just a lump of, it's just a lump of flesh and bone. The bones didn't even have its shape. The bones also were pulverized. He was, he beat him up in such a way. <coughs> then, <coughs> the, all the guards of the uh, dance hall woke up with the sound, came up, and, and Draupadi actually went and informed him that this is what has happened. That Kichak has been killed. So the news now reached to the king. The king, with his associates and everybody, came running. And they couldn't figure out what, who it was. Like it was just a lump of flesh. The similar thing also happened when Krishna killed Keshi. Keshi was a great friend of Kamsa and when he saw Kamsa was in such distressful condition that he has uh, rings around his eyes uh, and his whole and his face became so pale and uh, wrinkled and so he told Kamsa, he asked Kamsa what actually, what's causing him that distress and Kamsa told him that Krishna is causing him so much distress. Then just a 14-year-old boy is causing him so much distress. So Keshi said, look, huh? I'll go and take care of him, don't worry. I can't bear to see him in such a distressful condition. But Kamsa said, no, no, you know, all these big, big demons have been killed by Krishna. Okay, they have been killed, but they don't know, you don't know Keshi. Keshi is Keshi. <laughs> The <laughs> Keshi then assumed the form of a horse and went to kill Krishna. And Krishna killed him and he started to swing him around overhead. And finally he let it go and Keshi's body went flying from Vrindavan all the way to Mathura and landed right in front of Kamsa. And <clears throat> by the time his body uh, assumed a shape like it was, no, it was no shape like it was a lump of flesh and bones and he couldn't make out who it was the similar things uh, happened with Kichak and nobody could make out who it was actually that it was Kichak it looked like some mincemeat <laughs> a lump of mincemeat and <clears throat> so <clears throat> and Kichak had his associates also, 105 associates, and they all were very, very upset. And it, when it was decided to take the body of Kichak to the crematorium for cremation, they suggested that because this woman is the cause of his death, let him, let her also be burnt alive with her. 
Actually, Mahabharata, this is the character, Draupadi's character is so painful to watch. Like in one hand, she's the most beautiful woman. She was, she had a divine birth. Uh, she didn't, she appeared from fire sacrifice. From a sacrificial fire, she actually came out. She is Krishna's intimate associate. But still she had to go through so many difficulties, so many disgraceful situations. For a woman, insult is the most disgraceful situation. And Draupadi had been insulted time and time again. And <coughs> so they decided to burn her with kitchen their body. So, but this is Krishna's pastime. Krishna puts it, this, this is a clear indication that Krishna's devotees are put into various distressful situations simply to enhance their devotion and to show the world how Krishna takes care of his devotees. Because if the distresses were not there, the saving would not be necessary. The consideration of saving comes, consideration of rescue and saving comes only when there is difficulty. If difficulties were not there, the consideration of saving also was not there. Therefore, Krishna actually puts his devotees in this kind of situation, through this kind of situation. And <coughs> So Draupadi, for one, had to go through so many stressful and difficult situations. And so it was decided that she would also be cremated along with Kitchen. And so <coughs> Bhima, in the meantime, recognizing the situation and hearing the cry of Draupadi, he could understand that something is happening to her. So he went another route to the crematorium while their procession was going, carrying Kichak's body. And <clears throat> on the way, Bhima met them. Already he uprooted, uprooted a tree he got rid of the branches and leaves <laughs> and he was standing there. And when the procession came, Bhima just attacked them. And <coughs> a terrible fight ensued, especially between Bhima and this 105 associates of Kichak and uh, Bhima killed all of them single-handed. This way we can see that uh, he had such inconceivable power or these Kshatriyas. Anyway, uh, Bhima was not an ordinary Kshatriya. He is the son of Pavandeva, son of Vayu. 
the most powerful demigod. The actual strength comes from Bayu. So, <clears throat> so although they consider the Draupad, that they would burn Draupadi, they will kill Draupadi along with Kichak's funeral, but uh, Bhima actually came and attacked the funeral procession and killed all 105 relatives of Kichaka. So after that, like everyone became very afraid of Draupadi because <laughs> she already told that she had a Gandharva husband and everyone thought that this Gandharva husband is protecting her and so it was especially Sudeshna told Lokurkana, we don't want you to be here. So Draupadi appealed to her that to let her stay for another 13 days. Then her husband would come and rescue her or claim her. So Sudeshna agreed. <clears throat> so in the meantime, uh, Durjodhan was uh, displaying his frustration and his spy's failure to find the Pandavas, as I mentioned. Durjodhan was abusing them, rebuking them for being totally useless. At that time, Bhishma uh, mentioned that, that find the place where there is prosperity, unusual prosperity. Because Pandavas are so pious that wherever they go, there will be prosperity. That is the sign of a pious person. And <clears throat> in the meantime, yeah, so then, uh, in the meantime, the news came that Kichaka has been killed. So, Susharma, Durjathan's friend, who was the king of the Trigartas, he, uh, he wanted to take advantage of Kichaka's death. And they planned that they would attack Kichak. I'm sorry, attack Virat. Susharma would go and attack first. And, he, and then the next day, uh, Kurus will come. Durjodhan and his army would come, attack from another side and, and stay, steal uh, 100,000 cows that Kichaka had. I'm sorry, Birat had. Birat had uh, a wonderful collection of cows and the cows were considered to be a great wealth. So they wanted to take that wealth away from Birat now that he, his general is dead. And on top of that, Susharma had his animosity with Virat, so he wanted to take advantage of that. So it was planned that Susharma would attack. So Susharma attacked from the southern side, and <coughs> with Virat, uh, with Kichak dead, Virat was in a very weak situation. He felt that he was in a very weak situation. So his general is dead. So he made his brother, Shatanik, the, the general of the army. It's kind of a makeshift arrangement. So Shatanik was made the general. And he was so hard up for 
warriors that Pirat suggested that let conquer Ballav, Granthik and Tantrapal also give them also chariot and let them also fight. Because he felt that these are, they are actually Kshatriyas. They could recognize as Pandav, uh, but could recognize, they could make out that they are Kshatriyas. So he said, give them also uh, chariots and join the army. So they went to the battlefield to fight. The war began and after a while uh, uh, Susharma attacked Virat and he killed Virat's, uh, Virat's uh, chariot driver and broke his chariot. And when Virat was running, jumping out of the chariot, was running away, at that time, uh, Susharma went and uh, captured him. And he pulled him up in his chariot. Now seeing that the king has been uh, taken into captivity, Yudhishthir Maharaj was in anxiety. So he called Bhima. He said, Bhima, go rescue me. So Bhima's favorite weapon actually was uprooted tree. <laughs> about to uproot one tree. Yudhishthira Maharaj said, don't do that. If you do that, then people will recognize you, who you are. So just go fight in an ordinary way. <clears throat> so Bhima took Nakul and Sahadev to guard two sides of the chariot, two wheels of the chariot. And in together, together they went and attacked. And <clears throat> so when they uh, came to, uh, uh, Bhima came close to uh, Susharma, uh, he started to release his arrows and Bhima killed Susharma's horses and then he uh, rescued uh, Virat, told uh, uh, Nakul and Sahadev to take him to safety and Bhima started to fight with Susharma. Later on during the battle we will see that Susharma played a very, uh, a very powerful role in the Kauravas side, in the enemy side. But here we can see that Bhima had the opportunity to kill him, but he didn't do that. He, although he beat him up, he beat him up. That's another thing Bhima used to do. He used to beat him, beat his enemy, till he became unconscious, and then he would stop beating. But then again, <coughs> when he would display consciousness, when he came in, and he would start beating <laughs> So... <coughs> So Bhima lifted him high into the air and smashed him onto the ground. As he laid there, writhing in pain, Bhima kicked him in the head. Then he placed his knee upon his chest and started to beat him with his fist until he lost consciousness. Deliberately, Bhima didn't kill him, but tied him up and took him to Mahanajyotish. 
and Yudhishthir saw Susharma's plight and with a smile he ordered him and let him go. So, so in this way, when the Matsas were busy fighting in this part, in the southern part, Kauravas, Durjadhan and his team now came from the northern side and attacked the kingdom. And when they attacked, there was nobody in the kingdom. Only some palace guards and uh, Virat's young prince, young son, Uttar, was there. And Uttar, when the report came that the cows have been stolen and these Kauravas have attacked with the whole army. So Uttar started to display his disappointment and frustration that he doesn't have any chariot driver. If there was a chariot here, then he could have given a taught a lesson to the court. <laughs> Hearing Uttar speaking like that, Brihannala, who was Brihannala? <laughs> Brihannala told Sairendri, let's go tell them that once I rode, drove the chariot of Arjuna. I am an expert chariot driver. <laughs> so, at first, uh, everyone was a little concerned that a eunuch is going to drive a chariot. <laughs> How is it possible? And <clears throat> but Srinidhi kept on telling, no, no, you see, uh, I was there at that time. And I saw him drive, saw uh, him driving Arjun's chariot. And he was so expert in that. And so Uttar said, okay, fine, so get the chariot ready, I'm coming. So then Uttar, Arjun driving the chariot, and Uttar sitting, and standing in his position, they approached the enemy line. And when, they, when Uttar saw the enemy, which looked like an ocean of soldiers, oceans of army, an ocean of army, he just wanted to run away. <laughs> he actually jumped out of the chariot and he ran. Arjun ran after him and caught him. He said, don't run away. He said, you don't have to fight. You just drive the chariot, I will fight. And in the meantime, from the Korova side, they were watching this unusual sight. <laughs> that two persons <coughs> and uh, one was running away and the other just persuading him to come back. And then Arjun uh, asked Uttar uh, to drive the chariot to the crematorium. And he told him to climb up the tree. And so <coughs> they got the weapons. And the Uttar asked, who are you? He said, I am Arjuna. In the meantime, one year just elapsed. 
So now Arjun also regained his usual form. He was not the eunuch anymore. He is Arjun back again. And <coughs> so, um, and Arjun started to tell him about his different weapons. He told the history of Gandiv, Arjun's weapon, that it was first used by Lord Shiva. And Lord Shiva kept it for 1,000 years. It was in Lord Shiva's possession for 1,000 years. Then he gave it to Lord Brahma. Brahma kept it for 500 years and then passed it to Indra. The king of heaven possessed the bow for 85 years. And then he gave it to Shoma, the moon god, who kept it for 500 years before passing it to Varuna. The Varuna kept it in his possession for 100 years and finally handed it to Agni 65 years ago to give it to Arjuna. So this is the history of Gandhi. It was originally Lord Shiva's book. And <coughs> still, Uttar was not completely convinced. He asked, if you are Arjun, then tell me Arjun's ten names. <laughs> <laughs> Then he told him, <laughs> naturally, <laughs> Arjun, Falgun, Jishnu, Kiriti, Shetavahan, Bibhatsu, Bijaya, Krishna, Sabbasachi, and Dhananjaya. So these are the ten names of Arjun. Now Arjun told Uttar that don't be afraid. You just uh, put your foot down and just drive the chariot as I tell, tell you to and uh, don't worry about it. I'll take care of the situation. But if you don't, if you are not brave enough, then I won't be able to fight. Because I'm, I'll be depending in this fight, I'll be depending upon your courage. So in this way, he... <clears throat> convinced uh, Uttar and so in the meantime uh, Bhishma started to suspect that this is probably Arjun and so when Durjodan heard that this is Arjun he became excited oh finally we got but Bhishma made the calculation and said that one year of incognito just went over. <laughs> so Durjodhan again was submerged in an ocean of sorrow, <laughs> disappointment. So <clears throat> seeing that Bhishma actually told that Arjun will make Durjodhan his target. So do one thing, divide the army into one-fourth will take Duryodhan to the kingdom and another one-fourth of the army 
will protect them, take the cows along with Duryodhan to the kingdom and half the army will fight with Arjun. And Arjun rode his chariot and when he saw that Durjodhana, Durjodhana was not there, he suspected that this is what happened. Durjodhana has been sent to safety, towards Hastinapur. So he told Uttar, don't face the army, take this side road <laughs> and let's uh, meet with Durjodhana. And <clears throat> in this way, Arjun rushed to encounter Durjodhana and all the other Kuru heroes now came to assist Duryodhan by that time. So when they saw that Arjun is not facing them, right, coming to, straight towards them, they suspected that Arjun is now going to go after Duryodhan. So they also changed their course and then they went to help Duryodhan. The first one to fight with uh, Arjun was Vikarna, uh, that is Duryodhan's younger brother, and <coughs> he attacked Arjun first, uh, but after his bowstring was cut, bow was cut, then uh, he uh, and flagpole were cut to pieces, he ran away from the battlefield. Then uh, a terrible fight actually ensued. Arjun alone in one side, and the entire Kuru army on the other side, with Bhishma, Drona, Kripa, Karna. But Arjun alone single-handedly gave them such a hard time. And he also killed Karna's younger brother at that battle. His name, his name was Sangramjit. His younger brother was killed. Then Karna attacked Arjun, but being defeated, he also fled away from the battle. The other Kuru heroes attacked Arjun, but they soon became greatly afflicted by the torrents of rain, torrents of arrows, which were showering like rain. And the entire Kuru army was plunged into con confusion. One after Arjun, uh, in that fight, defeated Kripa, Drona, Ashwatthama, Karna. Finally, Arjun approached Bhishma and made him unconscious. <clears throat> his charioteer, Bhishma's charioteer, took Bhishma away from the battlefield. And but when Bhishma regained consciousness, he came back again. And at that time, Arjun, all and the uh, innumerable soldiers, along with Karna, Bhishma, Drona, Kripa, and Dushashan, came to um, attack Arjun. So at that time, Arjun used his son Mohan Astra, which he received from Lord Brahma, and made everyone fall asleep. So Uttara, Virat's daughter, when Uttara was bragging that he would defeat all of them and he would do this if he had a charioteer, so <clears throat> when Brihannala agreed to become his charioteer and he said, okay, now I will show them the lesson. At that time Uttara told him 
to bring the garments and ornaments of all those heroes when they are killed and defeated. So when they all became asleep, uh, Uttar, Arjun told Uttar, go and get their dresses. <laughs> so they got, Uttar went and uh, got their dresses, took their clothes, <laughs> leaving them only with their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at that time, uh, Arjun told Uttar not to go close to the Bhishma because Bhishma know, knew how to counteract this weapon. So, so, so Uttar took off uh, <clears throat> their clothes and took them. This also was to show uh, that they were already defeated and they were at Arjun's mercy. If he wanted, he could have killed them all. <coughs> So in the meantime, the news came uh, to Virat when he came back, uh, defeating Susharma in the south. He came back and he was playing dice with <coughs> Yudhishthira. <coughs> and the news came that Uttar has defeated the entire Kaurava army. <laughs> <laughs> and so the kings are generally, Kshatriyas are generally proud people. So he became very happy to hear that. He said, yes, my son <laughs> has done that. So Yudhishthira Maharaj kept on telling him that it was possible for him because Brihanala was there. So Virat became very upset. He said that you want to give the credit for my son's victory to an eunuch? <laughs> so <clears throat> he started to brag and, <clears throat> and expressing his disappointment. But Yudhishthira Maharaj again said that it was possible because Brihanath was there. And at that time, Virat became so angry that he took the dice. Dice is generally made of elephant tusk. And he hit him on the head. So, <clears throat> Yudhishthira Maharaj just uh, held it. And at that time, uh, Shoydendri was there, so she came and made it a point that the, the blood didn't fall on the ground. Because if Yudhishthira Maharaj's blood fell on the ground, then most inauspiciousness would prevail. And in the meantime, Uttar came and uh, now Arjun also came along with him. Arjun had taken a vow that if anyone causes Yudhishthira Maharaj's blood, Yudhishthira Maharaj to bleed, then he would kill him. He had his vow. So Yudhishthira Maharaj was very concerned. He didn't make him realize that he had been hurt and he was bleeding. So anyway, then Uttar came <coughs> and he narrated the whole story. 
So at that time, Virat actually recognized uh, who Brihannava was. And Uttar told that he, it was not he who fought. It was Arjun who fought. And in this way, the whole truth was revealed to Virat. And Virat became so moved, so touched, that he was repeatedly begging forgiveness from Arjun and praising him for helping his son, helping him in this way. And so he wanted to offer his daughter his most precious possession to Arjun. So Arjun refused, Arjun said no. And he gave the reason that because he was, she was his student, she was like his daughter. And one cannot uh, that, that marry one student who is like a daughter. He gave it, but he made a proposal uh, that he will accept Uttar for his son, Abhiman. <coughs> so, in this way, the uh, it was arranged, the wedding would take place between Uttara and Abhimanyu. It took place in Virat's palace. And Krishna and Balaram also came to the wedding along with the Jadus. And a great way celebration took place. Abhimanyu and they all were reunite, reunited. And Virat wanted to give his kingdom to Yudhishthira Maharaj. But, uh, and he offered his own self also to the Pandavas. But, But Yudhishthira Maharaj refused. He said, no, this is, you keep your kingdom, but let's maintain our friendship. And <clears throat> actually, Virat acted like that because it was very embarrassing for him to see that these people he treated like his servants, actually. They were his servants, his cook, his associate, his caretaker of the horses, caretaker of the cows. But these are actually the Pandavas. But Yudhishthira Maharaj consoled him saying that they had to do that. Uh, it is not that Virat engaged them in their service. But they, out of the desperate situation, they actually, as, uh, to hide their identity, they assumed this. Because generally a Kshatriya would never accept a service from anyone, servitorship of anyone else. Kshatriya would never become anybody else's servant. <coughs> so a few minutes, we can take some questions and answers before we go to the next chapter. Yes, Prema Parvati? You mentioned about uh, 
yesterday that Draupadi in a previous night she takes, she prays to Lachiva because it has been a different quality. And later we also see the struggle she goes through in her life. Who? Draupadi, we also see the struggles that she goes in her life. Does she ha is that her karma or is it just to show us that <clears throat> it may appear like karmic reaction, but when it's Krishna's pastime, it's the karmic reaction is on the material platform. But Krishna's pastimes take place in the spiritual platform. Although it is displayed in the material platform, it appears to be happening here, but it's like a drama. Like a drama takes place on a stage, this is also like a drama. It takes place on a specific stage where Jogomaya makes the arrangements. Like in a drama, it seems that different scenes are related to each other. Here also it seems that different scenes, different happenings have different, con different causes and different consequences. But actually, it is, we have to understand it's all on the spiritual plane. It's a, kar it's a beyond karmic reactions. All right. So uh, the pastime of Sanjay, uh, you also mentioned that uh, after the war, there were only four people who, who were left. And we also hear that Sanjay was narrating the past, uh, the war to the pastime. We also hear that how the last pastimes appear in different universes. So could, could that be that, you know, that's why we see some difference in what we hear. Yeah, so the same pastimes happens in different planets. Like in different planets, Pandavas appear, Battle of Kurukshetra takes place when Krishna performs a pastime. Yet, there is some difference. It's say something like, like your days, every day kind of seems to be the same. Right? Like every day, every morning, you wake up, you brush your teeth, you take your bath, take your breakfast. Like, you know, kind of, there's this set pattern. But yet, every day is not the same. Pastimes are like that. It maintains a similar pattern. But every day, every pastime, wherever it's taking place, it's with absolute novelty. Yes, Arjun? You see, there is one consideration of pure devotion and at the same time there is a consideration of the characteristics of different varnas. So, Kshatriyas are in a certain way. Like they are passionate. 
Anger is a product of passion. Right? So for a Kshatriya to be angry is normal. For a Kshatriya to be attracted to opposite sex is normal. Whereas in pure devotional platform, it's not really... The pure devotional platform is... Uh, I mean, is not in the same material uh, consideration. Like there, it is happening. The character... See, say for, for example, a drama is being played. Different characters are cast. Now, the characters have to play their role according to their character. If everybody acts in a similar way, then there won't be a drama. Right? Drama means variety. Drama means conflict. And in conflict, this anger is necessary. Conflict is taking place mainly on the Kshatriya platform. But the anger, the Kali being the son of anger and envy, is nature of Kali. I mean, is the characteristic of Kali. But Kali's influence is not there in the, on the spiritual plane. So when in Krishna's pastimes are taking place, there is no room for Kali there. Right? Kali's action is taking place, like Kali's, Kali's influence is taking place on the material plane. So, so does that mean that if anybody else If it is for Krishna, it's all right. That's the difference. Like, as we often discuss, like, what is the distinction between material and spiritual? Where we put ourselves in the center, then it is material. If Krishna is the center, it's spiritual. If that anger is for sake of Krishna and Krishna's devotees, it's spiritual. But if the anger is for our own sake, it is material. Yeah, sure. Okay, but I'm talking about upadi, upadi, which is like a material designation. So even this consideration that I am of this varna, I am <coughs> this situation, rather than actually being fully absorbed in our spiritual identity, isn't, doesn't that mean that to some degree it's conditioned? Yeah, the difference is, that I am this and Krishna wants me to play this role. Right? I am an actor, Krishna wants me to play this role. That's the difference. Uh, one is, I am Akshatriya. But the other consideration is, Krishna wants me to play the role of Akshatriya. I am Sarvopadhi Vinir Muktam, but Krishna wants me to play the role. So that's not my Upadhi. Huh? That is what Krishna wants me to play. That's the difference. Otherwise, <laughs> there won't be any variety. There won't be any drama. There won't be any excitement. Huh? Uh, yeah, I'll take your question. <laughs> There's one hand was up there. Yes, Ravati, right in your 
And there else we can see Mahabharata, like the Bhagavad Gita was spoken, which is very highly advanced. So how you can, uh, for lower shudras and women? Yeah, it is for less intelligent people. But in Kali Yuga, people have no intelligence. <laughs> so, even Mahabharata is a promotion. <laughs> a general question, Maharaj. Um, in ISKCON, I know there are different Mahabharats that are recommended for us to read. Uh, which one, I know Ridayananda Swami was at one time uh, translating. Uh, did he finish this book and which one is recommended for it? Uh, I like Purnapraka Prabhu's. That's, uh, his is, I mean, anyway, I mean, yes. that's my personal, since you asked me, yes, I mean, I generally like Purna Praga Prabhu's Mahabharata. Thank you. You're talking about Purna Praga in the uh, Bombay Temple sometimes? Yes, yes, our God Prabhu's disciple Purna Praga um, who used to live in, in, he lived in India for many, many years. Yes. Still now he is in India. His wife yeah, he, uh, when I joined, he was in Calcutta Temple. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was in Bombay, he was in Vrindavan for many years. Okay. Yes, Kirti? My question is for the day before yesterday's session. Uh, regarding Bhishma Katam, he said like, uh, he took a vow of, uh, and later on, even he was, uh, uh, given the instructions by his spiritual master to marry. So, was it correct that his vow was more important than to obey the orders of the spiritual master? Yeah, he himself said, if the spiritual master doesn't know what to say and what not to say, <laughs> what order to give. <coughs> yeah. It will depend upon the individual. Another thing is, you see, Parashuram was not his Vaishnav spiritual master, I mean, spiritual master who took him to Krishna. He was the master, he was the teacher who taught him the art of weaponry. There's a difference. Uh, like, like we have dance guru, music guru. Similarly, this is Astra Shiksha guru. That was Parashura. Maharaji said that uh, when Jyotipi, uh, when we all come with us, they came uh, then Jyotipi, uh, uh, she uh, made two uh, things that she that she uh, she's not going to take any vegetables and then uh, she feeds. So what is the reason to? <coughs> that is that means when. Uh, you see, an exalted personality doesn't do that. Say, Brahmana and Kshatriya generally would not take the remnants of others. But a maidservant would. So, she, although she is assuming the role of a sort of a maidservant, but she wanted to make sure that she would be treated like a maidservant. She wouldn't become she won't be stooped down to the level of a maidservant. She maintained her dignity by doing that. Yes, 
question that what I was thinking about, like Arjuna was there and he was facing Bhishma and everyone. And at that time, he was just alone on the chariot and he was just ready to fight. And then on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, when he's there with his whole army, that's when, as we know, he He doesn't want to fight, he wants to leave the battle. So I was just thinking about that, that contrast. <coughs> yeah. Could you repeat the question? Okay, the question is that here we can see that Arjun is fighting alone with all the Kurus. But during the battle, just before the battle of Kurukshetra, Arjun is reluctant to fight the same people. You see, that battle was a life and death consideration. And here, Arjun's duty is consideration. The cows are being stolen and they are coming to steal the cows. That's why here's the possibility of just rescuing the cows and not killing them. That's what Arjun did. But in the battle of Kurukshetra, it was do or die. Yes, Samir. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Um, as you were just explaining, on one level we understand the entire Mahabharata as a leela of Krishna, eventually culminating in his um, delivering the Bhagavad Gita. But then, um, when we try to understand things from the karmic level, which it's beyond that, but then we see people like Duryodhana and Shakuni and these great seemingly non-devotees, are they also acting on the platform of devotional service in Krishna's pastimes? Yeah. Like, uh, if we look at it from the point of view... Okay, did everybody hear the question? Yeah? Okay. So, <clears throat> if we look at it from the Leela point of view, uh, like a drama. Say, a king is organizing a drama. Right? Now, the peop different people will play different roles. Who those different characters are going to, those different actors and actresses are going to be? Will they be just ordinary Tom, Dick and Harry's? Mm -hmm. yeah. Or King's own people? So ultimately we have to see that these people are all, you know, Krishna's arrangements, Jogamaya's arrangement, and they're, you know, they're ultimately not, for example, who is Ravan and Kumbhakarna? When you see Ravan and Kumbhakarna, your blood literally boils, right? The, the way they are acting. But at the background, who do you see? Who is playing the role of Ravan? Jai and Vijay. Who are they? Yeah, Vaikuntha Varshis. <laughs> so that is the thing. Like They're playing the role, but ultimately it's like a drama. And this drama is meant to teach us some lesson. As long as we learn the lesson, that's what really matters. And these characters, those who are playing different roles, uh, you'll see like after that play, what happens? You see uh, that the hero and villain, although they had a fight just in the scene before, now backstage, what they're doing? They're, ha they're having their cup of coffee together. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Hare Krishna. Yes. Oh, I thought you had a question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I was just at, uh, could you just uh, speak a little bit about Arjun's position? Like, like he is he is he always in the material world, having pastimes with Krishna, or is there like a position? In this no, Arjun is eternal in Krishna's pastimes. Whenever he goes and plays the drama, Arjun also comes and plays his role. But has, is there a position of Arjun in the spiritual world? Yeah, there is two considerations. Sometimes Arjun from the spiritual sky comes and sometimes a qualified individual from the material platform gets the role. So it's like a position rather? Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes they merge also. Real Arjun comes and a, a qualified individual in the role of Arjun merging together. and. So both, um, you know, there are various possibilities. Various possibilities. Right. <coughs> yes, Prema Sindhu. Uh, today Jayadev Maharaj was mentioning about There are two ways of looking at it. One is, <coughs> Bhishmadev is not actually a pure devotee at that point. He is a karma mishra bhakta, again a mishra bhakta. He is a mishra bhakta. That's one consideration. The other consideration is again, if we consider the Leela is like a drama, like to enhance the drama, different characters are playing different roles. Right. So this is the role that Bhishma is playing. If he, you know, how do you play the role? You play the role according to the dialogue, according to the script. You don't have any freedom there. You know. In the middle of the drama, you don't say, well, well, I can't really act like that. <laughs> so <clears throat> these are two ways of looking at it. And... Uh, so the main thing is, main point actually is that it's a pastime. And if we have to see that different individuals, different characters are playing their respective roles. Yes, he's a Mahajan, no doubt. But he's Mahajan, but he's not really playing the role of a pure, pure devotee. Even in that, Arjun is not playing the role of a pure, pure devotee. There's a saying that if uh, if Krishna told Uddhav to fight the battle of Kurukshetra, Uddhav would have, would have declined. I mean, so point is that they are playing their role according to Krishna's arrangement. Not even Krishna's arrangement, according to Jogomaya's arrangement. Even Krishna is playing the role according to Jogomaya. Like Lord Ramchandra crying for Sita. Even we know that it, what took, who Ravan took was the Maya Sita. The real Sita was rescued by Agni. 
but Ramchandra is crying. Does it defeating the supreme personality of God? <laughs> Sometimes we think, I mean, even I won't cry. <laughs> but in a supreme personality of God, it is crying in the situation. So you have to see that this is how, uh, like just as an actor acts according to the arrangement of the director, the different individuals, including the Supreme Personality of Godhead, plays the role according to the arrangement of Jogamaya. Yes. Yeah. As yes. we're growing from neophyte devotees to, to uh, hopefully a little more advancement, it seems like these lessons are there to serve a purpose. Right. So what you're responding to now, that everything is more like a play, a drama, and Krishna's plan, it seems like that's more of a mature way of looking at all this and accepting it as we develop spiritually. But in our neophyte state, when we read this, and we find ourselves in a situation, for example, a boardroom, and you have the ISKCON men on one side, you have a situation, and then you begin to think, well, how am I supposed to behave? I don't agree. I, so it seems as though, I remember at one point interpreting this example as Bhishma and the others did not respond because they knew the etiquette that if there was a leader there, you're not <coughs> going to argue, you're not going to, and of course there was a, even though they knew cheating was taking place, they also knew the decision was made, so there was not going to be any argument. And for Dropity, where sometimes we may feel like a Dropity in the sense of feeling helpless, the wrong thing to do would be to disagree and to not be polite and not be respectful to the leaders because you're being you're feeling an injustice. But if we're thinking, oh well here's this lesson, I have two seconds to think and respond, I should be like Dropity. I must surrender to Krishna. I see these are leaders, they're respectable men. I don't agree with this. However, I'm learning this lesson. So it seems like that's part of the neophyte growth pattern to use that example in that way. Versus an advanced soul who just looks at this as a yeah. It's a very good, very good point, very thoughtful point actually. But then another consideration is that Bhishma or Drona and Kripacharya, they didn't stand up against it. But Vidura did. Was Vidura transgressing the etiquette? No. So there will be different perceptions from one's own perspective. Like Bhishma was simply in considering the moral consideration. He was acting from the moral point of view, morality point of view rather. But Vidura was you know, reacting in a certain way and he was not really responding to that situation only. He went all the way back when Duryodhana was born. And he was considering that, that this personality, all the omens are there indicating, all the bad omens are indicating that this person is going to be the cause of the destruction of the entire family. So this is how there are different perspectives of perceptions. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Yes, Mother Chintamani. It almost seems sometimes that Yogamaya is greater than Krishna if Krishna is always it's something like <clears throat> when you give somebody a responsibility, you honor that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Say, for example, 
the producer. He is giving all the money. He even hired the director. But on the stage, director has the director is the boss. Even the producer cannot say anything. So it's something like that, you know. Like ultimately, producer is the main person, right? And producer may be playing the role of the hero. But on the stage, he'll have to listen to what the director says. <laughs>